The Father's Business was founded by Sylvia Gunter to encourage people to a deeper relationship with God. I'm Elizabeth Gunter Powell. And I am Kimberly Roddy. Welcome to the Father's Business Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. Well, thanks for joining us today. We are continuing our series uh, for the family as we walk through the book um, for the family. As we continue through this resource, today we are going to be covering a few prayers on praying for your children. We're going to be looking on pages 32 through page 37, if you've got the resource. Um, And we're going to be talking about being a single parent, praying for your children, and then um, seven blessings for family. So as we get started, we we have talked a lot about families. Our um, family systems are unique and diverse. Um, and so we recognize that a lot of you listening um, come from different family system backgrounds, from your, your own family of origin, as, as well as the family that, um, that you may be in now with your spouse and children. Um, and we know that that many people are doing single parenting for various reasons. When I look at this question of what if you are a single parent, I, I think there's lots of layers to that question. Um, not just what if you are a single parent, but how did you get to be a single parent? And I think about mm. how um, there was a season where uh, my mom was a single parent um, when my dad passed mm. away. My parents yeah. were, were 52 um, and my brother and I were in our 20s. And so um, my mom had to become a single parent to young adult children. Um, and she hadn't done that before. You know, none of us, <laughs> you know, no, no child comes out with a manual usually. Right. Right. <laughs> and so um, you think about, I don't, I don't know that I've ever considered the perspective of my mom being a single parent. Um, we, we all had loss in that moment. So I was always looking at it from the perspective of being a, the daughter who lost her dad, but there's also yeah. the perspective of in death. Um, there's a single parent left, um, <clears throat> no matter the age of the child. Um, and when they're younger or in their teen years or in their young adult years, it can, it's just a different season and that can be challenging. And, um, and then there are single parents due to divorce. Mm. Um, and in some of those situations, you've got, um, a good set of co-parenting going on, um, where mom and dad, um, have divorced for various reasons, but they both want to love the children and work together to parent the children. And then you've got situations where mom and dad are on very different pages Mm -hmm. um, and they may not be co-parenting well, or they may not be able to, um, they may not have the same vision or agenda for their children. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you find yourself in the place of being in one of those situations, um, we recognize that that there there's a lot of layers to that to being a single parent. And those I just named kind of three or four situations there. That's that's not there are many more situations. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think about you know, Kimberly, you are single and have been single, and I was single up until my mid thirties. And, and just, I longed to be a wife. I longed to be a mother and that did not happen for me. Um, I, I've, I did not carry and give birth to my own children. And so while I don't understand what it's like to be a single parent, I understand that longing of, I wish I had a partner. I wish there was someone with me just to help carry the load. Like 
I hated when I was single having to take my car to the, to the mechanic because mm-hmm. I know nothing about cars. And I felt like I had a big sign on my forehead that said, please take advantage of me because I don't know when you're overcharging me. And this, there's just that feeling of, I wish there was someone here to help carry the load. And so I do have a huge heart for single parents. Um, I've watched friends had to walk through that and see how hard it is to go and be the wage earner and then have to come home and somehow have enough emotional capacity to meet the needs of kids once you get home. And it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that just because you're married, it gets easier, but there is that person to bounce an idea off of, or hopefully share part of the load and say, Hey, can you run the kids to this while I have to do this over here? And so there is a a very unique place, I think in God's heart for those. I mean, he talks about um, his heart for those that have been orphaned and widowed. And like you're saying, your mom became a single parent, not of her own choosing at all. And a lot of these divorce situations are the same. And so I think God has a very tender place in his heart. And while it is comforting to know that God is our father and he is the father also to these kids that are find themselves in these situations. And Jesus says he is our bridegroom and our husband and we are his bride. And there's a lot in my single years that I drew on that and found comfort in that. There's just something about having people around you with skin on. Right. And and the Holy Spirit, uh, scripture calls him our paraclete. Yes. Um, he's the one who comes alongside us to aid and counsel and to comfort us. Um, and and you're right. Having someone with skin on is is important. And I do believe that that Jesus knew that. God knew that when he, he said it's not good for man to be alone. He created mm-hmm. us in community. And um, we often refer to other believers as brothers and sisters or the family mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's an element there to which community is really important and we need other people. And yeah, I don't I don't have my own children, but I was in youth ministry for over 20 years and um have been a spiritual mother to a, to a Mm -hmm. lot of kids and in a lot of ways. And, and I had the privilege in every, I think in almost every situation I I worked in, I had the privilege of working alongside um, uh, another male who also cared for students and teenagers. Mm -hmm. And so we really, there were a lot of seasons where I got to work well with some other men of um, strong men who love the Lord and cared about students. And, and we got to love them well as spiritual mothers and fathers. And I've seen a lot of men and women who have been volunteers in the ministries that I've served in step in and come in as spiritual parents to love kids yeah. really well. Um, and so I, I don't know biologically, um, I don't have a biological experience in this realm, but I do have a lot of understanding of truly caring for um, primarily middle school, high school, and college kids, and and loving them and walking with them through those seasons of life, and really just praying hard for them. Did a lot of praying over school campuses, praying over mm. kids' rooms, um, church rooms where we would meet for discipleship groups and different stuff like that. Um, and then also just really praying for my. I have two nephews, um, mm-hmm. and and praying for them. Um, yeah. They, they are my family. They are children that I long to see grow up well. I love them dearly. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're very dear to me. And so um, this is a, a reminder to 
pray for them and to encourage my brother and my sister-in-law that, mm-hmm. that they're not alone in their parenting, that they right. can lean on me as their, as their sister and the other family members that they have to, you know, it's not all on their back. And I think sometimes yeah. a lot of parents feel like, you know, they're like giving their responsibility away if they're not being mm-hmm. the good parent or whatever. And I go, wow, like, you know, I want to encourage you. <laughs> We're in this together. You can't do it alone. Um, yeah. It's hard. And so- yeah. And I even think about to one of our first um, conversations with my mom, Sylvia, when we kind of asked her what would be her best advice for uh, parents. And she shared something that my grandfather, my dad's dad had shared with her, which mm-hmm. was that you love them a lot and, and train them in the things that, that you want them to know as they're younger. But as they become adolescents, they just naturally, it's part of the process of becoming an adult mm-hmm. is there's a pulling away uh, for mom and dad. And that's when you do invite a community of people that you know and trust and have the same values with you to become part of their lives, whether that's their youth leader or a small group leader or a soccer coach, but allow other adults in to be a part of that. And I just, um, I, I, my heart is just so big for everyone who feels like they're doing it alone, not to feel like you have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's community there. And if you don't have it, if you're like, well, that sounds great, Kimberly and Elizabeth, but I'm not in a church that has that. Um, then I would challenge you first to, to pray for God, to bring those people. Um, you never know where God is, very creative and how he does these things. And so, you know, ask God, can you bring some people into our, our family systems life Mm -hmm. that can help fill in the gaps that are missing. And also um, as for all of us, because even if both parents are in the home, no parents are perfect. And so asking for God to fill in the gaps where um, our parenting has failed, or if there's not a dad or a mom in the home, God is both, you know, I love in the creation story where he says, let us make them in our image, you know, male and female. So there is a masculine and a feminine to who God is. And so if you're a single dad with kids, God talks often in scripture, he, he talks about holding uh, us up to his breast. And so there is a feminine side of God and he can mother well, as well as father. Well, I I just encourage you to ask God to come into the needs of your kids, um, but also reach out for that community. One of the best things I think you can do as a single parent is to minister to your own heart first. It's kind of like when you're on an airplane where they say, put the mask on yourself before you put it on your child. Um, Allowing God to heal, uh, whether that is through your own walk with God, through counseling, whatever it might be, but asking God to heal your own heart first allows you to be, uh, I think, more present and more able to understand that your kids, if it's because of trauma or death, it doesn't matter how you ended up in the situation. Your kids have also been through a trauma. And like you were saying, Kimberly, you know, your mom was grieving the loss of a, of a dad, of her husband, and you were grieving the loss of your dad and everyone's going through something. And so how do you parent a child who's going through trauma? We all need that community to come around us and to love on us. Well, Mm -hmm. I think there's times there's, there's trauma. And then there's also times where it's just difficult to raise kids and to love your kids. You know, there's, there's all, all these things weave in and out of each other. And so I'm thinking about, there was a time in my, um, adolescent, young adolescent years, you know, those lovely 12, 13 year old girl stages where um, I remember my mom looked at me one day and she said, I'm giving you over to the Lord. And she wasn't 
I mean, she was frustrated with me, I'm sure. <laughs> but it wasn't like a threat or like a, you know, she was didn't say it in this great anger toward me, but she said it in a way of just surrender. Like we've talked about it later. And and mm. she says, I, I needed to remind myself that you were the Lord's first. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, as as parents, releasing our children to the Lord is the best thing we can do. And it is, yeah. I, I can't imagine how difficult that is, right? Like mm-hmm. I know even just for my my students that I work with, I'm like, God, can I really trust you to do mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a, a counselor shared with me one time that as the shepherd, we talk about, you know, we're the, we're the shepherds of our children um, and mm-hmm. the good shepherd, um, Jesus is our good shepherd. And, and sometimes the shepherd has to break the sheep's legs to rescue them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there is that that discipline and that love that that have to go hand in hand that I know, uh, I mean, my mom and I've talked about it. I know she she wrestled with that when when yeah. I'm very different from my mom personality wise. And so it, it was not always easy for her. I didn't make it easy for her to love yeah. me um, in her natural ways. And so you have to find other tactics. And when dad was there, it was hard. And when he wasn't there, it was harder in a right. different way. Um, yeah. but, but I think that, that first thing, whether your child is in your, your kid's difficult, your kid's just human, your kid's in trauma, <laughs> you're in trauma, whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever that is. I think we have to, like you said, work on, it's a continual working of, of our own stuff Yeah, and releasing them to the Lord. And that, mm. that, that tug back and forth, that pull of, I love them dearly and I want to rescue them. And yet I know that, that the Lord loves them even more than I do. And he loves me right. more. Yeah. Kimberly, as you're talking about releasing, that is part of even the beginning of the prayer uh, for prayer for children that uh, we're going to talk about now. And, but as we get started, I want to be uh, very aware of, of two different scenarios going on here. Um, one of them is people like me who always wanted to have their own biological children. And that didn't happen for me. Um, And so sometimes, you know, everyone's like, happy Mother's Day. And it's like, sometimes Mother's Day is not the happiest day. Um, And there's some grief in that, that I'd always had the dream of being able to carry a child and and raise a child from uh, the time it was born. And that just was not how my story went. And so I, I want to be very sensitive to anyone listening to this podcast who has either wanted children and not had them, has had children and lost them. There, There is just mm-hmm. a, a grief there that we want to be very aware of and ask for God to meet us all in, in those places where we do grieve that. And, and God is with us and understands that. And also, um, we have a, a lot of people that we know who have children that as much as you've prayed for them, they're not walking with Jesus the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. And that is also really hard. And that goes back to what you're saying about release. Um, as it says at the beginning of the, on the, on the prayer for uh, praying for your children, the question you know that we're prompted to ask is, Lord, what do you want for my children? And it says, guide me by your spirit as I pray for them according to your will. I release them to you so that you can accomplish your will for their lives. I will not try to live my life over through them. Keep me from binding them by my needs, wants, and ambitions for them. Get me out of your way so that you can work the life of Christ in them and give them your best. Give me the grace to wait on you for your perfect timing. And that's hard. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've watched it. I've prayed along with friends for it, still hoping for it, um, praying for my own uh, stepchildren that have now come into my life for, for their lives as well. And there, there is that longing and desperation sometimes in prayer. And one of the things I've had to be able to say to several of my friends because who have adult children that are out of the house have made their own decisions. And the question I hear most often from them is, what did I do wrong? The answer is nothing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you weren't the perfect mm-hmm. parent, but it's not that, well, you just didn't pray the right prayer or you just didn't do this. And then it would have worked out. And I think a lot of times people take those verses in Proverbs 3, where it says, train a child in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. And when they get older, they won't depart from it. They think that's a promise. And that's not a promise. It's a proverb, which means it's a principle mm-hmm. that is a, a wise thing to do. But all of our adult children have their own choices and their own will. We as parents get the joy and the opportunity of continuing to pray for them, but knowing that God's got them. And our best thing to do is just to continue to pray for God to speak to their heart in the way that God needs to speak to their heart and, mm-hmm. um, and be present. Mm-hmm. So as we just, I mean, as we're going to talk about praying for children and how important that is, I just want to make sure that those, those categories of people are also in mind as we're, as we're praying through this. I think it's important to remember along with that, that, that we're all on a journey and yeah. the Lord is not finished yet. And, and I know for some of my friends who have lost children that were in the middle of difficulty, that's hard. And there's a grief yeah. in that. And there's a wrestling in that. I, I think one of the things your mom said in another podcast, too, was, uh, hang on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, hang on, baby. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what she would say to, to moms who are in the middle of it. Hang on, baby. Like, it's it's not over. The Like, the God's, God's doing some things. And I think of... I think of Psalm 145, where it talks about one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your yeah. mighty acts. And so yeah. I, I think that's the compelling nature for, for someone like me who who isn't wrestling with my own children walking away from the Lord or not walking in ways that I see as fruitful. I have students that I watch do that, and it grieves me. That's a different weight. Um, yeah. I, I have the privilege of walking alongside some of you who are moms and dads. And, and that's what Elizabeth was saying earlier. Like, let's, I want to encourage you, like, let me walk alongside you. Let me walk alongside my brother and my sister-in-law with my nephews and, and my friends with their kids, because I want to be a generation that is commending the works to another generation of the Lord. And how we do that is directly by praying for them mm-hmm. um, and, and praying for scripture and praying that, um, your children will receive and love Jesus as their savior, Mm -hmm. that they will commit their lives to make Jesus Lord and be filled with his spirit. And that they would know the true and living God intimately and cherish and apply all of his names, that they would learn to pray and praise, that they would know who they are in Christ Mm. and that they would be protected from the evil one by the blood of Jesus, that they would receive the love of God, the father, and that they would come to love the word of God and learn to hate sin and love holiness, righteousness, and the fear of the Lord. And they would grow up in maturity in the Lord. That they would glorify God in their bodies as God's temple and that they would respect those in authority. That they would have healthy, edifying, satisfying, wise friendships 
that they would know the truth and renew their minds in God's word. That they would walk wisely in the ways and wisdom of God. That they would have the joy of the Lord. That they would seek to please God, not self, and serve others. That they would learn who the enemy is and they would resist him victoriously. That they would maintain their first love devotions to Jesus. And that they would find the godly life partner that God is preparing, a mate who will complement them in their obedient walk with the Lord. Those are 20 rich prayers that you can pray over your children. And then for the family, there's a longer prayer for each one of those points and, and scripture verses. And so it's it's a very rich resource um, and as when we were talking to Sandra Stanley a couple of weeks ago, and she was talking about how much she used this resource, you can take her great idea, which is to take these 20 points and divide them into seven days. And so on Monday, you pray a few of them for, for your kids and kind of rotate. So once a week, you're praying all 20 of these things for them. And what I really like about this list is it has nothing to do with their career or what they're going to turn out to be or your agenda for them. But it's basically for them to have a heart that's following after God. And then all the other details are going to kind of fall into place. Cause at the end of life, what really does matter most is your relationship with, with God versus what you were able to accomplish. And I mean, we all have dreams and hopes for our kids. I do for mine. And, but what I want most for them is for them to know and fully experience the love of Jesus. Uh, I think also if you don't have children, pray, as Kimberly suggested, praying them for people around you. But also these are great things to pray for ourselves. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to this list going, yeah, I need all of these. So <laughs> for whatever loved one or friend or person in your life that you're looking for a good guide to how to pray for them, I think this is a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that I've shared when we've done rock journeys before, when we talk about how can you, can you pray for non-Christians? Can you bless the spirits of non-Christians and those types of things? And I always think about this when I think about kids who maybe are not following God in the way that you want them to, or feel that they should be. And it's the story of the prodigal son. He's asked for his inheritance. He's gone off. He's basically wasted it all doing all sorts of things. And um, he's in a far off land and he's gotten to a point where he's thinking, you know, these pigs here are eating better than I am. And there's this one little phrase in there and it says, and when he came to himself, he returned to his father's house. And so a lot of times that's what I pray for, for people is, you know, God, would you just allow them to come back to themselves? And what I mean by that is all that God breathed in when he created them before sin and everything else got in the way, would would you allow them to return to themselves of who you really created them to be? Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you you run back to the arms of the Father. And so that's a that's a I think a, a just a good encouragement of another thing to be praying, especially if you have children who you're watching them and you're like, this is not, not this is not what I where I thought they would be. Um, but this is where we are. <laughs> so, um, but I just so also encourage you in that. I mean, I'm sure Kimberly and I could both fill another podcast with stories of people, one in particular I can think of that I was like, uh, there's no way. Like he has been presented the gospel. He has been told what the truth is. He has rejected it so many times. And then in the wildest of circumstances, he came to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so God, God, God's not done. He, he gets the last word. And so that's the hope that we get to hold on to. 
right? And and I think that directly leads us into um, the seven blessings for families because yeah. it's it's the the bottom line prayer that that we use. We talk about is come mm-hmm. Holy Spirit into our greatest needs and give us a revelation of Jesus. Yeah. And I love that that Sylvia has put that in so many of these resources over and over again, because as she says, it's the most effective bottom line prayer that God has ever taught me to pray for our family. Mm-hmm. So I pray spiritual blessing. Come, Holy Spirit, give our family a revelation of God as Abba Father. Give us a love relationship with Jesus so strong that we cannot resist him. Give us sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and hunger and thirst for righteousness that conforms our conscience to the word of God. Create in us the fear of the Lord in relation to sin and genuine repentance. Give us holy joy in abiding in you. I pray emotional blessing. Come, give our family a revelation of Jesus as healer of our emotions. Release healing to remove the ground for bondages any rejections, failure, resentment, jealousy, or shame. Let us choose forgiveness for ourselves and others. Give us freedom from fear because God never fails us. Grant us a strong sense of hope to believe God for his promises. I pray mental blessing. Come spirit of truth and remove blinders of deception from our minds so that we may know the truth and have godly wisdom and discernment. I pray personal blessing. Come give us a sense of our personal value in Christ. Plant in us God-given vision for your calling on our lives. Give us favor with God and with man. I pray the blessing of right relationship with authority. Come, teach us submission to God-given authority and counsel. Direct us toward right loyalties, godly soul ties, and healthy friendships that encourage us in our walk with you. I pray physical blessing. Come, cover us with your protective hedge of safety, strength, and good health. We plead Psalm 91 over our family. I pray financial blessing. Come, give us your provision and right relationship to what you give. Let us acknowledge you as our source and provider. So we pray these blessings, we speak blessings, and we choose to be a blessing. I want to thank you for listening to the Father's Business Podcast. Check us out at thefathersbusiness.com or follow us at thefathersbiz on Instagram and Facebook.